Good morning. All right, first things first. Can I get a picture of you? My wife wasn't able to be here with me, and I'd love to, I'd love to bring home a picture for her, and I might even post it on Facebook. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the mic down here in a second, but I'm going to give you three options. When I, when I take a picture of you, you have three options. You, have, you can just sit there and smile like, like you do, or you can close your, like if you don't want to be on Facebook or whatever, you can close your eyes and bow your head. I'll tell them you're spiritual and you're praying. Or you can just wave at me because you're really excited to be in it. Okay, so there's your three options. Let me just take a second to do this. Okay, who's the happiest section in this church? All right, don't forget balcony now. Ready? One, two, three. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? What? All right. All right. All right. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. And Pastor Tom, may I, Pastor Tom, hey, are you already not paying attention to me? I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't even started. And you're like, I just want to ask you a question. Can I look in this with you and that boy later? <laughs> that just looks really intriguing. That's cool. I love Pastor Tom and Alice. Met them in 1993 at Sand Hill Lake Bible Camp up in Minnesota. We became great friends. It's just been so much fun over the years. I get to see them usually about once a year at the convention uh, that we go to. Stayed the night at their house last night. Great hospitality. But can I tell you something? If you don't know this about them, they are extremely competitive. Have you ever played games with them? Literally, I felt like my salvation was on the line. I was like, <laughs> it was so intense, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that time. That was great. Hey, I want to say a word of prayer, and then I just want to jump into, I believe, I believe God has given me just a specific word for you today, and I want to just see God do some great things in our heart. Did you come expecting today? I know it's Mother's Day. You're like, no, no, I expecting, expecting God to speak to you. I believe that God wants to speak to every one of us in this room. And I believe that it's no accident that all of us are here. And so if you would just take a moment, close your eyes, let's just pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Father, you know... You know that I'm doing this because you've called me to do this. And I know, Lord, that this is all about you. It's not about me. In fact, God, I pray that you would just not let me get in the way. I pray, God, that your word would pierce our hearts and that today would be a significant day in the lives of each person in this room, that lives would change Lives would encounter the living God. And that, Lord, that we would never be the same because of our gathering today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm 46 years old. I grew up in the Seattle, Washington area. I've been married this August. August 1st will be 25 years. We will have been married. We have... <laughs> You know, I'm never quite sure what to do at that time because if people don't clap, it's like, okay, that's cool, whatever. If they do clap, I don't know if they're clapping because they're like, wow, she put up with you, 25. Wow, that's nice. That's, that's great. 
We have two kids, a 22-year-old son and a 20-year-old daughter, and we pastored for, oh my goodness, 20, nearly 25 years. Uh, I, the last 12 years of pastoring I did in a town called Kent, Washington. Uh, the Lord sent me out with a group of people to start a church, and we pastored there for 12 years, and then God called me on to my new assignment that I'm now doing, traveling around, doing what I'm doing today. I had a lot of experiences as a pastor that were very unique. Probably the most unique experience I ever had as a pastor actually had to do with young parents, had to do with a mom. And, and being Mother's Day, I just thought I would just share this with you. It's just something that has stuck in me all these years. So my assistant came to me one day and she says, Pastor, there's a young couple in our church who are new to the church. They've never met you. Um, they, are, uh, they would love to know more about the church. They were wondering if they could get an appointment with you and we could sit down and they could see in what ways that they could get involved in the church and learn about membership and, and they have interest in maybe helping with the youth. Maybe they could do that. Could we set up an appointment? I said, absolutely. Let's get together. So the day of the appointment came and I was really excited about this day because I just got new furniture in my office. My wife had helped me pick out a brand new uh, red leather couch and it had chrome uh, armrests and then I had a black leather chair and then a coffee table and another black leather chair and I was really excited. So I'm, I'm in my office, I'm getting excited for this new appointment, the first time with the new furniture and I had a big window in my office that looked into the main church office, and uh, my assistant came to me, and she says, okay, they're here. I said, okay, great. So I opened my door, and I'm waiting for him. Well, the main office door opens up, and it's the husband. He's holding the door, and pretty soon here comes his wife, and she's walking like this, and she is extremely pregnant. Now, in my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but when she went through the door, I went, oh, my. You know, I didn't say it out loud, but I was like... <laughs> Wow. And I never, you know, I learned a long time ago, don't ask a woman if she's pregnant. Could be wrong, you know, and then it's, a, it's not a nice experience. But this one was just way too obvious. And she just comes walking there. She comes in. I said, well, hi. I said, I'm Pastor Brett. Come on in. I'm Pastor Brett. Come on in. I said, here, sit down. They sat on the couch, and my assistant sat in that leather chair, and I sat in this one. And, and we're just visiting. And we had been visiting for maybe about three or four minutes, and all of a sudden, this, this wife just goes like this. She goes, <laughs> and she holds on to her stomach. And I just went, uh, I didn't know what to do. I said, are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. So we kept talking, and a few minutes later, she goes, <laughs> and I looked at my assistant, and I was like, <clears throat> I said, hey, uh, are you sure you're okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm okay. And her husband goes, honey, are, are you okay? She goes, well, I've been, I've been having contractions. You have? I said, you, you have? I said, you know, we could reschedule. She says, no, no, I, no, I think I'm fine. Her husband says, honey, how long have you been having contractions? She goes, well, actually, I've been having them all day. And I'm like, why don't we reschedule? I think that would be better. No, no, I'm okay. So, all right. So we go on. And we're visiting a little longer. And all of a sudden she goes. <laughs> and I'm like, um, you know, let's reschedule. I would just feel better about it. I think you guys would feel better about it. And she goes, no, please, really. We've been waiting a long time for this. And I just want to do this. And I was like, are you sure? She says, yeah, okay. All right. So we keep talking. The next thing I know. She goes, oh, 
Ah, ah, and she stands up and she goes, oh, oh, my water broke. Ah, and I look down. And her pants are soaking wet. And there's a puddle of water on my couch. Now, I didn't say it out loud, but in my mind, I went, that's not normal water, is it? Does that stain? It's like a new couch, you know? She's going, oh, oh, the baby's coming. And I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, and her, she says to her husband, call the doctor, call the doctor. So he gets on the phone. My assistant says, I'll go get paper towel. I said, okay. And she leaves. I'm like, what, why? And she runs out the door. Now she's standing up going, oh, ah, oh, ah. And her husband's t- dialing the doctor. I'm feeling left alone. I don't know what to do. And she's like, ah. And I said to her, should I rub something? Do you want me? Should I touch you? I don't know what to do. I look out my window. My assistant comes running out of the bathroom. She's got a, a thing of paper towels, but they're those tightly packed together paper towels. And she goes, and they all blew out. And I'm like, and this gal's screaming. He's on the phone with the doctor. I look out. I say to my assistant, I'm, she can't hear me, but I'm like, get in there. She's going to have a baby. She's going to have a baby. Get in there. She comes running. The husband's like, oh, she's screaming so much. The husband says, here, hands me the phone and says, you talk to the doctor. And I grabbed the phone. I put it in my chest and I said, why me? <laughs> he says, please, please. I'm like, hello. Well, she's screaming so loud. She's like, ah, oh, oh. And I'm like, hello. And the doctor says, yes, who is this? I said, well, uh, this is Red Hoss. I'm their pastor. He goes, okay, can you explain to me what's going on? Uh, she's having a baby. <laughs> in my office and he goes sir and this is what he says sir i need you to calm down <laughs> she's like ah! he said calm down i said and i said to the doctor i am not calming down your patient is having a baby in my office and he says, okay, look, we have two options. You can either drive her to the hospital or we can send an ambulance. I said, no, no, you send the ambulance. You send the ambulance. So he says to me, okay, what's your address? I planted this church. I couldn't even remember where I was at. I was like, I don't know. And I, I go to the other side of my office. I'm digging through stuff on my desk, hoping to find an address to where I was at. And I'm feeling, I said, hold on, hold on. She's ah! So I grab a business card. I'm like, okay, 4136 South 216th. He goes, okay, now listen. And all of a sudden, I hear her scream, and I hear my assistant go, Pastor Bray, you got to get off the phone and deliver this baby now. (laughs) And I turn around, and my assistant has her right leg, and her husband has her left leg. And she's going, ah! And I said, why me? (laughs) Now, I didn't say this. In my mind, I said to myself, you can't be naked in my office. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Now, her pants were still on. Everything was fine. But she's screaming. And I said to them, why me? You're the husband. You're a woman. Why are you asking me to deliver the baby? You've got to do this now. And the doctor says, sir, calm down right now. <laughs> and she's screaming. I can't hear because she's screaming so loud. I walk out my office door 
and the doctor said, I'm on the phone and the doctor says to me, sir, if you don't calm down right now, I'm going to have you hand that phone to the husband and I'm going to have him slap you. (laughs) Just like that. I was so flabbergasted. I took the phone. I looked at the phone. I'm like, what? And I turned back and I looked through my big office window and here's my assistant, the pregnant woman and her husband. And they're all going like this and they're all dancing. I was like, what? And I walked back into my office and they all went, April Fools! I'm a pretty patient guy. (laughs) And up to that point, I don't think anyone in my congregation had ever seen me angry. (laughs) But I said, excuse me? And they're like, oh, you should have seen the look on your face. Oh, man, that was priceless. Aren't you pregnant? She says, oh yeah, I'm nine months pregnant. I could go any time. What about the doctor? Oh, that's my father-in-law. Oh man, he did, he did good, didn't he? Yeah, he's great. I said, what about, what about the water? What about the water? And she goes, oh, that. She reaches into her pants, pulls out a sandwich baggie and says, I had this full of water and when the time was right, I just popped it. Who does that? (laughs) Who puts baggies of water in their pants and says, now's a good time. (laughs) I said, I have two things to tell you. Number one, you will never be a member of this church. (laughs) And number two, I don't even think you're going to heaven. I ended up hiring him two months later to be my youth pastor. (laughs) I figured if they had guts like that, man, they could do just about anything. That is a true story. Moms are fascinating people. Her mom's great. My mom, you know, my mom's 71 years old now, and she loves to tell the stories. You know, times have changed. I mean, today, you have to practically have a doctorate to know how to put a car seat in a car, right? When I was growing up in the 70s, seat belts? What's that? I mean, are you kidding? And my mom loves to tell the story. She goes, oh, I used to have so much fun when i drive the Buick. She says, you know... You were real little. You were like two, three. She goes, you used to be able to stand in the back on the seat without your head touching. And she goes, I'd always try to do sharp turns to make you fall over. It was just. <laughs> she really did. She'd like, I'd be standing back there in the corner. And she'd look in the mirror, you know, <laughs> fall over on the floor, have a little carpet burn on my head, you know. My mom's like, oh, that's great. That's great. Moms are so full of advice. They're always telling us things, you know, to help us survive in life. You know, like, 
don't make an ugly face like that. It'll stay that way. Do you ever feel like just going up to someone going, should have listened to your mom? (laughs) Moms are important. It's so funny. Uh, that, uh, that gal that did that trick to me, she actually had her baby like a week later and they called me to come and do a pastoral visit to the hospital to bless the baby. And I was like, not a chance in the world. I'm not going to fall for that again. No, really? Nope. Not going. I always love it. People have come up to me and they say, Oh, did you hear who had a new baby? Well, who has old babies? I mean, really? Oh, I just had a teenager. That doesn't happen. I don't understand. Don't understand. I want to talk about moms today because moms are so important. Do you realize if it wasn't for a mom, you wouldn't be here today? That's an easy fact, but think about it. You are only here today on this earth because of a mom. And you might be here today because of a mom. All I want is you to go to church with me today. But we're here because of mom. And I want to share with you about the high calling of a mother today. And I wanted, the person I want to use as an example in scripture is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I have a number, a, a number of reasons why I want to use Mary. Mary is the most popular, hands down, the most popular mom in all of scripture. Right? She is like this great mom. She gave birth to Jesus, the son of God, who is to be the savior of the world. Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter one with me. Let's turn to Luke chapter one for a moment. And I want you to see kind of how this happened because this is a unique story. In fact, this is great. For those of you that only come on Christmas and Easter, this is a little review for Christmas time. Luke 1, 26 through 38 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his kingdom, or the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Remember that. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now remember that. It says... No word from God will ever fail. And Mary's response was, may your word to me be fulfilled. You know, I want to talk about Mary because I think she can relate or you can relate to all to to Mary's life. 
in some ways. And I want to just say this also today before we get going too far. Guys and those of you who are not mothers, this message is for you as well. I'm going to be specifically addressing moms today, but I want you to know that the word of God is for everybody. And I want you to know that there are principles we're going to look at that are good for everyone in this room. And it's important that we honor our mothers today. You see, being a mom can be a lonely place. I'm sure Mary was lonely much of the time. Who could relate to her and some of the things that she was going through? But I know that moms... Isn't it interesting when you have a baby, now no one sees you anymore. They only see the baby. You walk into a room, be, oh, beautiful baby. And you're like, uh, I'm here too. Okay. Moms go through this sometimes where they're not noticed. When their kids get older, maybe they're not thanked. Maybe they're not appreciated. It can be a very lonely time. Sometimes you're only with kids all day long and you never get to be with any adults. I remember when our kids were little. I was in my late 20s. Our kids were little. And I, I, when I realized my wife had really needed to get out more, we were leaving the house and the kids were getting in the car and she turned to me and said, did you go potty? To me. <laughs> I was like, honey, you need to get out more. I'm 27 years old. And no, I didn't. I'll be right back. But motherhood can be very lonely because your heart, what heart can be compared to a mother's heart? There's no storage unit on this earth. There's no garage. There's no shop. There's no closet. There's no container that can hold what a mother's heart holds. See, a mother's heart can hold love, can hold forgiveness, can hold pain all at the same time. A mother's heart is a deep well. And we know that Mary, it's interesting, several times throughout the Gospels, it says that Mary stored these things up and treasured them in her heart. You see, moms take a lot of things and they store them up in their heart. But I want you to know that the call of a mom is a call and it's a mighty call and it's a high calling. And I want, to just, I want to just share some things with you. If you are sitting here today and you are thinking, when is it going to be my time? You're a mom. When's it going to be my time? Oh, my whole life is centered around these kids. Everything from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, it's about these kids. And let me tell you, I, I get it to a degree. I don't think dads always get it to the degree as the mom gets it. But, but this is a season, moms. And this too shall pass. And I want, I want to tell you, for me, I had an experience with my son when he was about two years old. We had a, we had a, we were in an apartment and he was, we had this tradition that we would do is around bedtime, he would go get in, get ready, he'd get into bed and then I would come in and I would read him uh, Bible stories and pray with him and then I would lay with him until he fell asleep. And he had this bed that was really low to the ground, and, and I would just lay on the floor next to him. Well, one night, there was a new TV show coming on, and I really wanted to see this show. And I said to my son, uh, why don't you go get ready, and I'll, I'll, I'll be there soon. Okay, he goes and gets ready. He's like, I'm ready, and the show's just coming on. And I'm like, okay, uh, really, really get ready. I am. No, I mean, you know, I am, Dad. Okay, I'll be there in a minute. And I wanted to watch this show so bad. And so when the commercial came on, I came back there and I did a Bible story really quick and I prayed a really quick prayer. And then I was like, okay, love you. Good night. And he goes, dad, aren't you just going to lay with me? Oh, I was thinking maybe tonight we should start a new thing where, you know, 
you're getting older, and I'll come in and check on you, but, Dad, I really want you to lay next to me. Oh, and then I could hear the show coming on. And I was like, why don't we try it tonight, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go back to our normal thing tomorrow. No, Dad, please, please. And all of a sudden, something in my spirit, the Holy Spirit was just like, lay down with your boy. And I laid on the floor with my boy, and he, I remember him dropping his hand down over the bed. He was like two or three years old, and he wanted to hold my hand. And I laid there, and I'm holding his hand, but I'm still trying to listen to that TV show down through the hall. And all of a sudden, I felt such a conviction. I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to lay here and hold his hand. And I fell asleep holding his hand. And here's, here's why I'm telling you this. My son is 22 years old right now. I would do anything to lay next to him and hold his hand. And know where he's at on a Friday or a Saturday night. I'm being so serious with this. Because I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's at. He's off. He's an adult. He's doing his own thing. And that time can go by so quickly. I'm encouraging you moms and dads. This is a season. You're in a season. Enjoy every season for what it is. Stop ignoring what you have in this season. Looking forward to the next season. Just enjoy the season because it's going to go quick. And some of the older moms in here would be able to tell you, yes, it goes quick. Pay attention to them. See, pay attention. It just, it's, they, they need it. They want it. The high calling of a mom. This is one of the reasons I chose Mary. Do you realize that Mary, as I said earlier, is the most popular mom in scripture? She was the mom of Jesus. And yet, all Mary is known for is being a mom. That's it. That's all she's known for is being a mom. And some of you sit here and go, man, I wish I could do other things. Let me tell you, moms, you have such a high calling just being a mom. And I want to say something to the young girls here. If you have this desire to just be a mom, if that's your goal in life, well, congratulations. I think that's a fantastic goal. I am, I am so for education and I am so for uh, women working in the corporate world. If they want to do that, that's great. But man, I think we need to celebrate people, moms who just say, I just want to be a mom and I just want to love on my kids. We celebrate you. Mary, Mary was called by God and she took up the call. I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 5 with me real quickly. 1 Timothy 5. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul is giving instructions to Timothy on how to deal with widows in the church. And he starts off by saying, first of all, if any of their family is around, their family needs to take care of them because they need to learn to pay back the generation before them for all that they've done. And then he goes on to say, in 1 Timothy 5.10, he says, this is the requirements for a widow. And he says that they are well known for their good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, Washing the, feet of the, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. He said they had to have this kind of requirement in order for the church to really help them in the way that they needed help. But I, I don't want you to miss that first line where he says, is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children. Moms, that is such a good deed. It's recognized by the Holy Spirit in Scripture that bringing up children is a good deed that you are doing. It is a high calling of God. And it's important that you know this. It is the 
passing down of what God has given you. You have opportunity to speak into a child's life something that most people don't have the opportunity for. Paul, Paul says in 2 Timothy, he's talking to Timothy, he says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Moms, let's think generationally. Let's not just think about today. Let's think about tomorrow. Maybe you grew up in a home that there wasn't faith. Faith wasn't at the dinner table. Faith wasn't. You didn't have times of reading the Bible. You didn't have times of prayer. You could be the first person to break that chain. You could be the first person in this generation to stand up and say, no, I'm going to believe God to use me to pour into this next generation and I, I'm going to take the faith that God has given me, and I'm going to pour that faith into my kids. I remember every breakfast, every morning, my mom would give me uh, two pieces of French toast, lightly buttered, and a half a glass of milk. And I would sit there, and I would eat that. And while I was eating it, she read the Bible to me, and I didn't have a choice. I had to sit there and listen to her read the Bible to me. And then when she was done, she would pray. And I remember some mornings we'd just get in these big fights because I didn't want to pray and I didn't want to have the Bible read to me. And I remember one time my mom stuck her finger in my face and she says, I pray for you every day and one day you're going to serve God whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, just so you know, I like it. But we lived up on a big hill and we had a long, windy driveway. And she told me every day, the moment you leave that door, I pray for you until you get on that bus and I can no longer see the bus. Later on in some very rebellious years of mine, my mom said, haven't you ever noticed that the carpet is worn out around your bed? She says, I pace around your bed every night when you're asleep and I pray over you every single night. Moms, listen, you have something you can pour into this next generation. And I want to encourage you, some of you moms, you've been praying a long time for your kids. You've been praying maybe for your grandkids. Don't give up. I am a product of my mom's prayers. I am a product of my grandmother's prayers. Listen, you have opportunity to speak life into them. You have opportunity to pass down to them. You have opportunity to pray over them. And I want to encourage you to do that. You have a high calling. I feel like God has a special ear for a mother's prayer. I know that the difficult thing is for some of you moms, you just feel like a failure. Parenthood is not what you thought it would be. I can tell you as a dad, the most difficult thing I have ever done is tried parenting. I can tell you that I've laid in bed. I'm not a very emotional guy, but I've laid in bed night after night with tears in my eyes because I feel like I blew it again as a parent. You know, you ever feel like a failure? You ever feel like you, you blew it? Let me, let me give you a story. My, my wife gave me permission to share this with you. One night we were in bed, and it was me, my infant son, and my wife. Now, I know before we go any further, listen, I know some of you parents are like, well, there's your problem right there. You let your infant lay in bed with you. Don't ever let your baby sleep with you. Well, I want to tell you something. People say don't do that because your kids will never leave your bed. My son is 22 years old, and I guarantee you the last place he'd want to be tonight <laughs> is lying between my wife and I. So... So stop judging and just do whatever you want to do. So <laughs> this is what we want to do. My son was between, okay. 
So we're sound asleep, and I'm a heavy sleeper, but we're sound asleep. It's the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, my son just goes, ah! and he's just a little infant, and he is screaming so loud. And I'm like, and the next thing I know, my wife starts screaming. Ah! So now I've got two of them screaming. And I don't know, I, th- I don't know if someone has broken into the house. I don't know if someone has attacked them. I, well, I don't have a lamp next to my bed. I don't, it's the middle, of, it's the mid-90s. I don't have a cell phone with a flashlight on it. I throw the sheets back, and all I know is, ah! And I've got to get from my bed to the light switch to find out what's going on. So I'm walking from the bed, and I'm doing this. Because I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if there's a bad guy. So I'm throwing punches and I get to the wall and I turn on the switch and I turn around like this. There's nobody in the room except my wife and my son. And they're both lying in bed just screaming. And I'm like, what? And I, I walk closer to the bed and I look at my son and it looks like he's got some deformity on his head. And I'm like, what in the world? And I pick him up and I look at him. He's got huge teeth marks on his forehead. And I'm like, did something break in? What in the world? He's like, ah! It looked like he had two mouths. He's like, ah! ah, ah. And, I'm like, and my wife is sitting there crying and she catches her breath and she goes, ah. I said, well, what's going on? Why are you crying? She goes, ah, I bit him! <laughs> Now, if you're confused, (laughs) you should have been me that night. I looked at him and I looked at her and I said, are you hungry? I I mean, I didn't even, I, I did not say this out loud, but I thought, man, if she ever needs dentures, we could use his forehead for a molding because those are deep, very deep marks. And I'm just sitting there holding him, and I said, why? Why Why did you bite him? She goes, she's trying to catch her breath. She goes, I was having a nightmare, and this guy, he was choking me, had his arm around my neck, and he was choking me, and I went to bite his arm, and Brady's head was there. Man. That was a Saturday night. You know, I was a pastor, and she's like, I'm not going to church tomorrow. I'm not leaving the house. She goes until his head is healed. And I looked at him, and I said, we might want to talk homeschooling, honey, because uh, those are pretty deep. So you can't tell anybody. Well, she finally let me tell us after 17 years. But, you know, it's really weird because she started, she, she got offended when I started wearing a helmet to bed. But I thought, you know. <laughs> You got to protect yourself, you know. Now, you know, I, I will say this. The, the only good thing I think that came out of this whole deal, for me at least, was for the next three weeks, anytime she got mad at me, I'd say, well, don't bite my head off. I mean, come on. <laughs> now, she, uh, she's... She is a great wife. 
She's a great wife. In fact, and I have to say, since she's not here to defend herself, she's a great wife, and uh, I think she's an even better parent than I am. She's a wonderful parent. If my kids are here, they'd vouch for this. She has made a much bigger impression on them than I ever have. Uh, Little slow, Wisconsin. Little slow. <laughs> Come on, keep up with the preacher now. But you do things, and you feel like a failure. You feel like, you know, I mean, mom's like, she did, she's like, I bit my baby. You know, I mean, like, she didn't know how, she didn't want anybody to know that for years. And you've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes, and we make these mistakes, and you realize, when you realize the high calling of a mom, and you realize that, that you have opportunity to pour faith into your kid, and you have opportunity to pray for your kid, and you have opportunity to love them through the hard times. And sometimes you do a better job some days than you do other days, and you can end up feeling like a failure. Moms, you're not failures. You're more than conquerors in Christ. You know, if anyone, if anyone felt like pressure on parenting, it had to have been Mary. You know, Mary, she gave birth to the Son of God. Can you imagine? Yeah, and let me tell you, it's not as though Mary was perfect. Mary was not perfect. The only one on this earth that was ever perfect was Jesus. Mary was not perfect. Do you remember the time when Mary lost Jesus? They, they went to Jerusalem. They leave town. They think they have him with him. He's only 12. They traveled for an entire day, moms. I mean, you might have left him on the pew at church sleeping for a few minutes. They were gone for a day. And then they noticed he wasn't with them. And they went back and it took them three days to find him. Can you imagine the pressure on Mary of feeling like a failure? Can you imagine her conversation with God? Hey, God, have you seen Jesus? <laughs> I had him like four days ago. Sort of misplaced him. That would be a crazy conversation to have. But the fact of the matter is there's not one mom that's ever been perfect. Not one. Even the mother of Jesus. Moms, you sit here and you go, I, I just don't know. I just, when I, you know, I lost my temper and I feel like I shouldn't have done that. Or I, I raised my kid a certain way and then they don't do what I told them. It's like they're fine at home and then I take them out in the public and they do weird things. And that's not how I raised them. That's not how I trained them. I remember when I was pastoring, I was the associate pastor at a church, and my son was, I don't know, three. I don't know. He was in the toddler class, three, four. I don't know. We were sitting on the back of the church, and the pastor was preaching, and there was these windows that you could look into my son's class back there, and it was my mother, me, and my wife. And I'm listening to the pastor, and all of a sudden, I feel my wife's nails dig into my leg. She's like, look at your son. And I look through the windows. My son, he, by the way, he had this little leather jacket. I don't even know where we got it. He had like this little leather jacket. He is standing in the classroom. He is leaning next to the post like this with his legs crossed and lean. And he is smoking a Crayola Koran. (laughs) 
And the teacher, I, we can't hear what's going on, but the teacher's like, and he's going. <laughs> he's ashing it. <laughs> Blowing rings. We don't smoke. We don't, we're like, where'd you get? And my mom looks back and she smiles and she goes, oh, I've prayed for this moment. <laughs> and you sit there and you're like, why me? Why does it always have to be our kids that do the weird things? My wife, after church, literally my wife's like, you have to talk to him about quitting smoking. Son's wax is bad for you. You need to not smoke. <laughs> Moms, here's the bottom line. I feel like God has sent me from Seattle to tell you this. You may not feel like your calling is so high when you're covered in baby puke and you've been in sweats all day and you've been trying to clean the house and when you get that side of the house clean, this side is dirty. You get that side clean, this side's dirty again. You're tired. You feel like no one understands you. You feel like you're out there on this island all on your own. And maybe for some of you, maybe you are. Maybe you're a single parent. But I want you to know that God's calling on you is so high. You see, it's just like, it's, it's just like in our life here where I can be righteous and a sinner all at the same time. I'm a sinner because I am still on this earth in the flesh. However, I am righteous before Christ because when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, he robed me in his righteousness and he imputed his righteousness on me. And even when I feel lousy through the day, like I can't believe I messed up again, I know that I'm still righteous in Christ. So my feelings don't always match up with the facts. And moms, your feelings are not always going to match up with the facts. You're going to feel like this is a lousy season. You're going to feel like this is not such a high calling, but I want you to know there's almost no calling higher than the calling of a mother. And we want to honor you today. Do you remember the movie, The Help, with the, talked about the racial tensions in the South in the 50s and 60s? There was, there was issues between the whites and the blacks, and there was there were these black maids, and one of the one of the maids, her name was Abilene Clark. She would say this to the child she was taking care of. She would get on her knees, and every day, all day long, throughout the day, she would say to this child, "You was kind, you was smart, you was important. You was kind, you was smart, you was important." You know, it's interesting. You as a mom, you give advice to your kids all the time. And you tell your kids when they're discouraged, you tell them how to deal with it. When they're, when, when they're feeling unforgiveness, you talk to them about how to get through it. You know what I think? I think, I think you need to listen to your own words. And I think you need to, when you're saying to your kids, you're important, you're kind, you're beautiful, you're important. You need to listen to that for yourself. You see, I have a quote here I want to read to you. It says, when all is said... It is the mother, and the mother only, who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation, is of greater use to the community and occupies, if she would only realize it, a more honorable 
a more honorable as well as a more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist. Theodore Roosevelt. Moms, you're important. I want you to know that there's nothing you can take to heaven except another person. You realize that? That's the only thing you can take to heaven is another person. And God has given you the opportunity to bring life to this earth. God used Mary to bring life to this earth, but he also used Mary to bring eternal life to this earth through Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity to pour into your child and other children around you the faith and the beauty of knowledge of Christ. I'm going to ask if all the moms in the room would stand to your feet, and I want you to remain to your feet. I want to say a prayer of blessing over you, but would all the moms in this room stand to your feet? doesn't matter if you've adopted kids or you're the biological mom. Stand to your feet. Now stay standing. Stay standing. We honor you today. You're special. God has called you and set you apart for a high calling. And I know that calling doesn't always seem so high, but it's one of the highest you could ever find. And I want you to know this. You is kind, you is smart, and you is important. And you have a high calling of God. And I want to I not only celebrate you today, but I want to pray a blessing over you. But before I pray that blessing, I'm going to ask if your families are here, if your families are here, would you stand and gather around your mom or your wife and put your hand on their shoulders? We're going to pray for them. And I don't want any mother left out because you might be here at church all by yourself. If you see a mother that does not have anyone standing by them, would you please go stand by that mom and just encourage them, put your hand on their shoulder. We're going to pray for them. I don't want any mom standing alone. No mom standing alone. All right. I'm going to pray God's blessing over you. Father, I thank you for your rich word. I thank you for every mom in this house. God, you have raised them up and that you have given them such a high calling. I pray that the enemy is never allowed to steal that from them. I pray, Lord, that God, their identity would be in Christ. That, Lord, that you would fill their mouths with wisdom for their children. You would fill their hearts with your spirit. You would give them the grace to conquer. You would give them the grace for each situation. Father, we pray wisdom. We pray the power of God. We pray the spirit of God on them. And Lord, we pray for every child and grandchild represented in this house. I pray that today there is a turning, a twisting in the hearts. That God, the hearts would be open. And that Lord, that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That Father, they would not only experience life on this earth, but they would experience eternal life within them. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for those moms that are here. And I pray your hand of blessing upon them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Thank you.